Well, hello. Welcome to this episode of Tech Linux and Hacker Culture, or Linux Tech and Hacker Culture. But it doesn't matter. You're here. You're listening. You know what this is called. Let's carry on. So, again, big thanks to everyone who listens. Uh, I get these updates since I publish this through Anchor.fm. I get these updates in my email about how many listens in a 24-hour period. And uh, uh, I'm really surprised at the number that we have. It's incredibly high for an early early podcaster like myself. I'm quite humbled. Uh, thank you for your time. Today, we're going to talk about how to make the internet more awesome. This here, guys, is an introduction to DAT and the Beaker browser. And this is cool. I really like this. And I actually am mirroring my content from Steemit onto the uh, DAT with the DAT protocol through the Beaker browser. So if you want a peer-to-peer -peer version of my stuff, you can find it, and I will give you the address at the end of the, at, at, you know, towards the end of this podcast. As you all know by now, I am in love with decentralization on all the internet things. The big issue is the service providers being the gatekeepers. This is all the mesh networks, and we're going to get into that in a in the next episode of the podcast. But the other issue, which we're talking about today, is hosting your files, your sites, your application, your communication. And I've come across an open source startup working to fix the hosting problem. This is awesome. All the pieces are 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 here for someone to live their internet life almost completely decentralized. However, 100% decentralization is not possible, but we are much better off than we were even five years ago. Once the boulder passes the peak, that is the ease of use and adoption of uh, the internet will be the people's as it was intended. Sites will offer both legacy versions and the secure peer-to-peer -peer versions. And I believe DAT and the bigger browser are the start of this. So let's talk about DAT, D-A-T. DAT, this is off their website here, quote, says, DAT is a dataset synchronization protocol that does not assume a dataset is static or that an entire dataset will be downloaded, end quote. DAT is the, DAT is, this is going to be hard to say, D-A-T, it's not how it said, but it's a DAT, is the backbone of the Beaker browser and allows us to do a lot of cool nerd stuff. DAT allows for a decentralized approach to file sharing in a version control manner. All cloud services rely on a central point, and while that is fine, an issue arises when a site or file gets too popular. In the traditional model, if the provider does not make other gateways, the connection slows down and could go offline permanently. With DAT, the more popular a file is or a site is, it is easier to receive that information with no speed reduction. They will get faster since more nodes will have a copy or partial copy of the site or application. This is the removal of the bandwidth bottleneck we see when a site gets overloaded. This makes me wonder if we could solve the DDoS attack problem 
with DAT or the DAT protocol. On the DAT on DAT's website, they have some key properties, and I will run through this quote here. The first is content integrity, which is the data and publisher integrity is verified through the use of signed hashes of the content. They have decentralized mirroring, where, where users share the same DAT automatically, sharing the same DAT automatically, my apologies, discover each other and exchange data in a swarm. Network privacy includes the the DAT provides certain privacy guarantees, including end-to-end -end encryption. Incremental versioning, where datasets can be effectively synced in even real-time to other peers. And random access, which is huge file hierarchies that can be efficiently traversed remotely. So let's kind of break this down a little bit and change the wording a little, you know, here and there. Because that was, that was a lot, I understand. The content is secured with cryptography, and these hashes are uh, used so that we know the data is from who we intend. I talked about cryptography in detail in a podcast before, which is doing quite well. Thank you so much. And you can go check it out there. Uh, so check, check it out to get more in-depth about cryptography and hash algorithms. That's what they're doing for content integrity and like, making sure that you know this is where it's, it is who it's supposed to be from. Decentralized mirroring is what allows the transfer of data to scale. This gives us a faster fetching time than when only one server has the data. More, the more popular a site is, the more nodes that cache it, and the more nodes have a copy or partial copy of it, which makes it easier to access with, as it's, it's indefinitely scalable in a sense. Decentralized uh, monitoring is what that was. Network privacy is tr is is a is a tricky uh, is tricky in peer-to-peer -peer systems, and that that gives users control over the level of the security. Sites are private by default with unguessable URLs. These are 64 character long characters long. No one's gonna be able to memorize these, but anybody who has the URL can access the information. With incremental versioning. That is using a GitHub-like approach to make sure that every node hosting your content has the most up-to-date version of your site or file. This I have first-hand experience with because I do have a DAT version of my blog, my Steemit blog, and I have it hosted at Hashbase.io, which is the same same group of people. Hashbase is mirroring my content that I have on my computer, and I update on my computer with a new file, and I, and I publish it to uh, into into the DAT pro, the TAT protocol using the Beaker browser. The Hashbase I/O copy of it sees the incremental change in the versioning and automatically updates it as well. So there's an always-on version of of my blog through that company. It's pretty cool. It's inst it's it is literally instantaneous. I saw maybe like one refresh. Not even that. Like I would. Go there and I'll refresh it and it would be there. It's very quick. Very well made. Then we have the random access, which is the last uh, point that they, they have in the quote. And what I see this as is a property that has many parts to, to play off of. Um, 
but the code above is basically basically means you can get individual files or folders from the DAT protocol effectively over the network. The details of DAT are still new to me, so if you read the white paper, uh, let me know if something if I got something got something wrong in this whole thing. Uh, if you want to know more, make sure you read the white paper because that's where the most accurate information is. So, that being said, let's talk about the Beaker browser. Their website says that Beaker is a peer-to-peer -peer browser with tools to create and host websites. And, quote, and it sure is. At this time, we need a special browser to access these peer-to-peer -peer sites. Just as you can use Tor to view sites with either a .onion or a .com domain, you can use Beaker to view both the legacy web and any site using DAT protocol, the DAT protocol. You don't even have to know a site has a DAT protocol peer-to-peer -peer version because when you head to a site using the traditional web and that site has a peer-to-peer -peer version, you will see a button in the address bar at the top right when using the Beaker browser. You click the DAT version, you, it'll say peer to, secure peer-to-peer, -peer, you click it and it will automatically switch you over to the decentralized internet and peer-to-peer -peer version. It's that simple. Beaker also makes it easy to create a site using this DAT protocol. These files store on your local machine and give and are given a unique address. This is a hashed, looks like a hash, uh, it is a hash, it's a, that's what it is. It's a 64-bit hash and uh, it's assigned to your, your data, your, your instance on your device. You can share this address, this unique address with anyone you wish and all I have to do is put that into the DAT browser and they will see your content. It's as easy as copying and pasting a traditional link that we do today. The files are only accessible when the device is on, but as I said, there are options that around if you don't run a server. One is hashbase.io, where you can get a free subdomain as an always live version of your site. If I'm not mistaken, I, well, this is, I know this is how it works. When you make changes on your computer, it will automatically be reflected on hashbase thanks to the version control. Some other cool features of the Beaker browser include live reloading, offline sync, and a new peer-to-peer -peer web API. With live loading enabled for a web page, you will see every update that, uh, that a site has as it's published. This could work great for social media sites using the DAT protocol. Offline sync is a straightforward uh, is straightforward and allows you to save a web page for later without the need for an internet connection. This would be great if you're worried about a page being taken offline that you need. The web, the web API makes it easy for developers to create sites and applications that work with the DAT protocol. Easier the better. Let's be serious. Since this is still new, making it as easy as possible to, for developers to create on this peer-to-peer -peer network is critical. This is the stuff that gets me excited, guys, for the future of the internet. Aside from paying my bills, I can almost use a decentralized web entirely today. All I have to do is quit using the big players like Twitter, and I'm there. I already avoid Facebook and spend an equal amount of time on Mastodon as I do Twitter. So get out there, guys. Let's get nerdy. Let's make the internet move in the direction of our favor. Let's make it be decentralized. As soon as I can access 
these peer-to-peer -peer sites through a mesh network, I will not be paying an ISP. But there's still a distance. It still might be 20 years. It might not ever happen if the powers that be have their way. But with things like the DAT protocol, the bigger browser, mesh networks, and all of these federated services like Mastodon, we have a better chance than ever to get back to the Internet's original intention. A system to communicate. We should make it as free speech as possible. When one entity has the ability to censor a voice, they have the ability to censor all the voices. And as you know my stance, the bigger and bigger these companies get, the more and more we see them influencing people's mindset. Facebook has openly admitted that they used have, have used their system to manipulate psychology of people using the site. And when sites like Twitter can kick you off of their of their network because they don't agree with your mindset, that is a dangerous position to be in. Let's move towards things like the DAT protocol and the Beaker Browser and Mastodon's Federation. Because without this kind of peer-to-peer -peer decentralization, blockchain or not, we don't even need to have a blockchain service for everything. I think it's actually out of hand. There's too many blockchains. Blockchain is should be very specific in its in its in its use. And I think that blogging is not a good use for it, even though I'm on Steemit. I Steam, I use Steemit to post. I don't think it's the best, because you cannot delete your post after seven days. And you can't even edit it after seven days. I think, actually, I don't think you can delete it at all. But you definitely can't edit it after seven days, and it's in that form forever. And this is a little unnerving. Whereas a peer -to regular peer-to-peer -peer decentralized model, like DAT and Beaker... I can change it whenever. I can go back and make edit mistakes. Say, hey, guess what? I was wrong here. Edit. I can delete something that I don't want to see in there anymore. So keep that in mind as you go about learning about decentralization. That Bitcoin's huge right now. Blockchains are huge. But just because we can use a blockchain doesn't mean we should. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time spending with me here talking about how to make the internet more awesome using the data protocol in the Beaker Browser. Go to go to beakerbrowser.com and uh, check it out. Download it. It's They have a Windows and Mac version, and if you're on Linux, you have to build from source, but it's fairly straightforward. It's not hard. Um, you just have to have like Ruby on Rails installed and uh, use... If you want to make a site, you need, you need Jekyll, I think it's called. Let me see it real quick. Uh, yeah, J-E-K-Y-L-L. Uh, Jekyll to make your site and it uses Markdown pretty easy straightforward play around with it guys if you would like my uh, hash base you can go to uh, blog-jrswab.hashbase.io and that that's where you will find the any browser will see that one because the typical address and that is the exact reflection of my decentralized blog if you're using the dat browser and you go there you can click and access the decentralized version and hey, if you're if you're really saucy, you can you can choose to uh, to host the content for a specific amount of time and help propagate my blog across across the Beaker browser and the DAP protocol. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time, 
if you want to send me money, which you shouldn't because this is free anyway. But we have a patreon.com slash jrswab, and, and that will be much appreciated. If you have any ideas for making Patreon cool with some sweet perks, let me know. Thanks, guys. As always, stay nerdy, stay curious. Let's make the web as decentralized as possible. Whoosh. <whistles>